We try to play with great pace. We try to play with great pace. Ran a lot of pick and roll, pick and pop uh, type actions. Oh, you'll see us play. Some people look at the guy next to him and say, what the hell was that shot? Hell, I could have been Gronk before Gronk was Gronk. Welcome back to another episode of Bang Rangs and Daggers. I'm your co-host. Happy to introduce out here uh, from Washington, D.C., Kevin Knight. Joining me tonight, we have a special episode for you guys as we have the full three-man weave together. Uh, with us is Patrick and Nate. How are you guys doing tonight? Great. It's nice out. It's beautiful. It's like 50-some degrees. I just got done finally tilling my garden and then some, and there's a slight breeze outside. It's a beautiful Nebraska spring. You know, I find I somewhat ironic, and I've heard other people say this, is that, you know, we're all quarantined and all that, or social distancing. This is probably the best spring weather as far as prolonged spring weather that I think that I can remember. Because it, it always feels it, like, it, it's always felt like to me that winter ends, we get like almost like a week or two or three of, you know, beautiful weather, and then all of a sudden, boom! Here's summer. You know, um, well, so that I, in the last th- last three years, roughly, it's been basically a monsoon for April and May. Yes, it seems like so that doesn't help either, and it's been relatively dry the last couple months. So that that's that makes things nice. Oh, I agree. Yeah, you know, that's Nebraska weather. I say, Kevin, I don't know what Virginia weather looks like, but you know, I'm I'm not in Virginia. I'm in the actual district. Um, it was a fairly cloudy day and been chilly the last couple of days. But actually, um, I'm gonna take a second to kind of have a a sad note here. Um, I, I know everybody who listens is obviously familiar with the terrible flooding last year in Nebraska, in particular, um, my. Uh, husband's hometown of Fremont. Um, unfortunately, tonight um, there's some terrible news coming out of my home state in an area that's actually uh, basically my home of Midland and Gladwin counties are having some terrible flooding. Uh, quite a few people have been displaced due to some uh, three failed dams now, um, as well as uh, Aranek, Iosco, and Ogemaw counties are all having really bad flooding. Um, I was born in, or I, I grew up in Ogemaw County. I moved for high school further north, um, as we've talked about in other episodes. But um, for everybody who's listening, if you could uh, just keep that area in, in your thoughts, prayers, whatever it is that you um, do tonight for, for those folks. But uh, yeah, so um, uh, unfortunate news out of there. But, um, you know, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's a spring news for now. But, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, did you say that the dams broke? Yeah, um, in Gladwin and Midland counties, there's been three dams now that have successfully or successively failed um, over there. In fact, actually, um, my dad and my brother went to Northwood University in Midland, uh, which I um, so I'm fairly familiar with this area because we would drive M30, uh, which basically goes in conjunction with most of these dams. One of the uh, bridges over one of the lakes that the dams um, was on actually failed. Uh, the bridge collapsed on that as well. So I, at least I had seen a report about that. So I, um, but yeah, so I mean, it, it's, it's pretty 
uh, rough up there right now. Terrible. Three three dams, huh? Jeez. Yeah, I mean, they're fairly small hydroelectric dams. Um, it's nothing, I, I mean, it's not obviously anything on the scale of, um, you know, uh, the, the Hoover Dam or anything by any means. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they do hold back lakes, each one individually. So, um, I believe one, one actually, I, I forget, one of them might be about to fail and is struggling to keep back floodwaters at this point. I, I forget, two of them have failed for sure. I'm uh, a little sketchy on the specifics for the third one, but, and obviously a developing situation as well as the uh, heavy rain in that region continues to swell all the local waterways and whatnot. Uh, but I, I don't mean to, to start the episode out on too negative of a note, obviously. Um, you know, we, we do have a fun night for you guys, we hope, or a rather fun episode. We're recording this on Tuesday night, um, so whenever this drops. But, um, yeah, we plan to argue about Blue Bloods in college basketball this week. Uh, Patrick and I kind of had a, a fun brief comment about this last week, and we decided that the three of us would get together for this. So what constitutes a basketball blue blood, because there's quite a bit of debate about this. And I'll start off with what I consider a blue blood. Well, let's, you know, let's oh, sorry, start out ahead. with what is generally considered a blue blood. Well, so, sorry, I, that, I thank you for clarifying well, like, that. Like I, what most people, because we, we all have our views. I have mine, you have yours. Nate has something that's a, <laughs> considered a view. <laughs> that we're going to find out about tonight. But let's let's kind of go into like what generally in college basketball is considered a blue blood. Now, like I would probably say, and we've kind of mentioned this before personally, but like we would say North Carolina, Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, to a lesser extent nowadays, you know, Indiana, which we'll talk more about, uh, Arizona, UCLA, you know, Michigan State, uh, maybe Florida, you know, I mean, like you're getting into gray. Yeah. UConn, you're getting into gray areas, you know, after, a, let's say four or five. Right, guys. Like mm-hmm. for the most part, the, the, the first four I mentioned, Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky and Kansas are considered like year in and year out where they have a good year, bad year, a, a perennial blue blood. And some have like Indiana and UCLA used to be, I would probably say regular blue bloods, but they've kind of fallen to the wayside. Some have come up like Arizona, uh, Michigan state's probably more so now than they were, you know, 40, 50 years ago when like UCLA was booming. Uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it, it's kind of a small group. Wouldn't you guys say? And there are some teams that are probably pushing its way in, which we'll discuss. So, I mean, does, it, just as a primer, is that a safe bet that we all agree upon? Yes, in general, I'd, I'd certainly for agree the with most that. part, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we, again, we all have different views on what we we think is a blue blood, and that's kind of what this whole podcast is about. Mm-hmm, exactly, um, and and so I I think we all kind of generally agree that there's kind of the tier one of blue blood, and then the other schools that we might argue. So I'll I'll suggest some criteria that I think are important in evaluating whether a school is a blue blood or not. And it's generally in order of how I would rank it in terms of importance. Um, you guys can feel free to argue with it, uh, use it, don't use it, 
uh, tweak it however you want, um, or just move immediately on past it and ignore it. Um, but so I think the most important, obviously, is national titles. And I say titles, number one, first and foremost, because if you only have one national title, I don't think you really should even bother being in the conversation. Um, after that, total number of Final Fours. After that, total number of NCAA tournament appearances. After that one, tournament win percentage. And then conference titles should factor in below that. Conference win percentage below that. Conference tournament titles below that. And finally, overall wins as an entire basketball program. So I think all of those are generally criteria that um, should be more or less a, the main criteria used for Blue Bloods. It's not necessarily an exclusive list, not necessarily a a foolproof, bulletproof list, so to speak. Um, it's a good. On, it, I think it's a good starter list, honestly. You know, I mean, there's other variables that you could probably throw in there, but for the basics, I think you hit everything on the head. Well, I, I think a real important variable that should be put in is the time frame. You know, how many wins within the past? I don't know what that would be. Is it 50 years or is it 30 years, 20 years? You know, because like we were talking earlier, is it isn't Temple like top five and wins of all time? You know, is that right? The Temple or um, let me let me double check where they fall overall. I know that they're in the top fifty. Um, they were like top five, I thought. At least the one the on Wikipedia. And if it's top, and, you yes, know, yes, number five. They are right at number five with one thousand nine hundred twenty-six wins overall. They have a point six four one win percentage total. And have been playing for 125 seasons. Yeah, so I think we all agree that Temple's not blue, bud. So, yep. yeah, so, everybody else on the list, they fall ahead of everyone else in number of seasons at 125. After that, uh, the other programs that are in the top 50 um, have only been playing for at most 124 seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and also this list is only through the 2018-19. They didn't update it with 1920 yet. But not that that's that important, but yeah, just yeah, I, uh, I get it. Yeah, Full yeah, I, I think there was another school in there that's kind of the same thing. So to me, you know, if we're taking a kind of a quantitative look at it, then I would think that there has to be a cutoff somewhere. And I almost think it should probably be right before John Wood started coaching, you know, <laughs> um, because, you know, I, I and I and I'm fine with you know if people want to go sooner or earlier or later, it's just like that's kind of like when I think you know because he's considered one of the greatest coaches of all time. His team you know, decimated won. the '70s. They won what ten championships in a row, nine. That, yeah, something like that. Yeah, and so it's like I mean, uh, I think when people think of the first great basketball program, that they probably think of UCLA because you know. TV star first one. I would you think would, uh, you wouldn't consider maybe North Carolina or what was North Kentucky? Carolina after uh, John Wooden's like Dean Smith is after John Wooden, right? Um, during God, I wish I had my computer open because you know that he's Dean Smith was here. we're a terrible podcast. Dean, well, I didn't realize we we're going to start talking about Dean Smith. And I, you know, I'm the one who brought him up, I guess. But uh, 
I thought he was 80s and 90s and Wooden was 70s. Um, Let's see. So Kentucky won the NCAA tournament in 48, 49, 51, 58, 78, 96, 98, and 2012. Um, so longevity-wise, Kentucky, Kentucky is definitely up there. Yeah, though their first four championships were in the era when the NIT was actually a more prestigious postseason tournament, but yeah. um, which is Dean's, another important factor, I think, too, in this. Um, Dean I, Smith was at North Carolina from 61 to 97. Jeez. You know, I mean, he didn't win his championship was, until no, was, His was first one was coach. His, he was head coach in 61. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I guess I, I that's news to me, I guess. So let's see. Um, well, I guess UCLA is uh, – John Wooden was hired in 1948 1949. So, man, my timeline's way off. So um, – At least in his early years, I'm going to fight you that Ray Meyer was a better coach. But I do have personal bias there. So Who's Ray Meyer? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, come on. You guys listen to the podcast with Jack Phelan. Don't give me that crap tonight. Oh, yeah, but we're not. You're, you're talking to an audience of more than just Nate and I, I hope. Okay, okay, <laughs> fair enough. Ray Meyer is the legendary Hall of Fame coach from DePaul University who uh, oh. coached for, what was it, 40 some odd seasons for them, I think it was. He Played had with George Mikan. Yep, uh, Coach George Mikan. Um, when, oh, he didn't play with them. I thought he was. He no, no, my, Jack Phelan played with George Mikan. Okay. Ray Meyer was the head coach oh, of Nepal who recruited uh, George Mikan and, among others, Jack Phelan, uh, my great uncle, who, if you haven't happened to listen to the podcast, make sure you go back uh, two or three episodes ago um, and listen to that one. It's a great interview about the um, early days of college basketball uh, playing during World War II. Uh, with George Mikan, the namesake of the Mikan drill, um, one of the most legendary basketball players in the history of college basketball, NBA basketball, etc. Um, and Jack Phelan also played in the first couple seasons of the NBA, including its very first season as a league. Um, really interesting conversation. Uh, be sure to go and listen to that if you haven't. Um, so now that I got that plug in. But yeah, uh, so I mean, Ray Meyer... Um, 40 plus odd seasons only had two seasons where he had less than 20 wins. Um, I looked up earlier, his win percentage was something like 67.1% career win percentage. Um, he has almost 800 career wins alone. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive. So, um, but it, anyway, that was just throwing shade at John Wooden a little bit. John Wooden is obviously a, a more accomplished coach though, and especially in terms of national championships. I'm not actually gonna sit here and pretend like John Wooden wasn't a more accomplished coach over the course of his entire career. Um no, I'm not that crazy with my arguments, so you're just a little biased. That's okay. <laughs> so what um so we kind of probably generally agree on what a blue blood is. So what's the next part that we're gonna move? Because I'm trying to figure out because you know I, I you guys obviously understand that what i'm gonna bring up well let's okay let's let's move it let's transition into it this way this was brought up between a conversation between nate myself and kevin over blue bloods and nate brought up 
his belief that Duke is not a blue blood. This is true. Now, if any of our listeners are, are Duke fans, they know, or I know, that your heads are exploding right now. Nobody's more arrogant than a Duke fan. Let's be honest, guys. <laughs> so to consider them not a blue blood is a little bit head-scratching. So, Nate, please educate us on why you think Duke is not a blue blood. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think how I – okay, so I think if you watch college basketball generally or you know, growing up, you're – you may not be actually maybe so around here, I guess. I mean, if you grew up as a Michigan State fan, you're probably going to be, you know, or, sorry, if you grew up in Michigan, you're probably going to be. You have teams to pick from besides Nebraska, and uh, so we, you know, all, all my friends, half of them were Duke fans, half of them were North, North Carolina fans, and I was a UNC fan, and we would get together and watch the games, and it was, you know, got a lot, you know, we would go at each other a lot. And so I do have a bias against Duke. I'll admit that, but um, that actually that doesn't come into play in this, in my opinion. So my whole thing is, I would be very, I'd be very nervous if I was a Duke fan when Coach K retires, because I believe, and we'll find out. I could be completely wrong, but I think when he retires or he's done coaching, however that works. Duke will go, you know, they, they won't crumble, but they're, I mean, Duke basketball is Coach K, in my opinion. And that's why I'd say the same thing about Michigan State. Michigan State is Coach Izzo, in my opinion. Now, you know, Kevin might disagree with that. But so I, or, or if you compare it to the other schools, North Carolina, you know, they had a little rough patch, you know, between Dean Smith you know, and now uh, Roy Williams, but they can sustain that, you know, if coaches to coaches, I don't think Duke's going to be able to sustain that. I think when coach K retires, first off, the, the, whoever the hot name coach, are you going to want to follow coach K? I mean, that, that guy's a, I live literally a saint in, um, at Duke. And so that's kind of how I go about it is that, are they just good right now because they have a great coach and it's a great program, but what's going to happen when coach K is done? Because I don't know if they're going to be able to sustain that. And, and, and obviously it's not going to be at the same level, but if they can't, you know, make their way back up, then they're not a blue blood in my opinion, which is why my list of blue bloods, you know, if we're going to talk about tiers, the top tier is Kansas, Kentucky and North Carolina. And um, that, you know, that's just how I look at it. Uh, doesn't mean that Michigan State isn't a great, great program, just like Duke, you know, just like Villanova right now. But the same thing with Villanova. Jay Wright retires. What's going to happen to Villanova? So if, they, if he retires and they're done, if they go back down then were they actually a blue blood? Because to me, a blue blood is some a program that will sustain. And, I, you know, Nebraska football, I think it was, it was a blue blood, and I don't know if it is anymore. I, I mean, I thought it was, I guess I should say, that we're just going to be able to sustain this type of greatness, and obviously we can't. 
So uh, that's kind of how my view is. That's why I said, you know, the statistics don't really matter to me as far as this discussion, because I, like I said, I've told my Duke friends, I'd be nervous if Coach K retires because I don't think you guys are going to have the success that you think you're going to have. And so that's kind of my, I don't know, two cents, I guess. Do you guys, um, do you guys ever read Bon Appetit? It's got some great recipes in it. Yes, <laughs> I, I, I am, uh, I'm a subscriber. Kevin, you want to go first? <laughs> sure. I've, uh, so I mean, I, I have not read Bon Appetit, I'll admit. Um, but yeah, uh, so part of my argument too is I think there's two different tiers here of considering. It's not necessarily that one is whoa, higher whoa, whoa. than the other. Let, let, let's back up. Let's back up. Let's play with Nate's theory. Kevin, what are your thoughts on Nate's theory? Um, I think it's fair, but not 100% true. Um, in terms of Michigan State, obviously, I mean, Izzo built Michigan State into a modern-day blue blood. That I agree with. But he was also standing on the shoulders of the 1979 national title run by Judd Heathcote and a fairly solid career under Heathcote that really should have been more accomplished than it was if it wasn't for the examples of Kansas cheating in the, I believe it was 1986 uh, Elite Eight. I want to say it was a Sweet 16 or Elite Eight. I should know this as a Spartan fan off the top of my head. Um, I plead ignorance on it's been a rough night, been a rough week, been a rough, like, you know, what, two and a half months now. Um, so forgive me for not remembering off the top of my head. But Kansas cheated us out of a Final Four run, if not a pretty good <laughs> shot at a national title that year due to their home clock management in uh, Kansas City. Um, then on top of that, uh, we also had a Georgia Tech game in 91 where if we had modern replay and actually reviewed it, which we would do now, you can clearly see the timer is at zero seconds with Georgia Tech still holding the ball. Never mind the fact that he wasn't even behind the three-point line. But anyway, all, all of that to say, Judd Heathcote actually had a pretty successful career, nothing that would necessarily make Michigan State a blue blood, but a perennial uh, perennial middle-of-the-pack, occasionally win uh, the Big Ten program that Tom Izzo took and built into a modern-day blue blood. Um, Coach K obviously has been at Duke since um, God, when was it? I think before I was born. So I honestly don't really know Duke before that, but I mean, yeah, I can imagine obviously coaching matters. I mean, Nebraska football can attest to that. The coaching hire matters, but having said that, I mean, they had two coaches too, that you could argue were the reason why they were the blue blood in the first place for that matter. So, I mean, longevity matters as well. It, it It's a double-edged sword, so to speak. Yeah, you know, successful coaches make the program, but programs can also make the successful coaches, I guess. Just depends. Yeah. I mean, UCLA, for that matter, is a blue blood, but they botch a couple coaching hires, and look at them now. They're mired in mediocrity and generally cling to the fact that they're a has-been blue blood, so to speak, like Michigan football, for example. Um, 
of course I had to throw that dig in as you guys know. But so I mean I he has a point, but it, I'm not sure that I necessarily would say that it's a guarantee either. Um, it always matters who comes next in the coaching tree. And so that that leads me into my argument of what constitutes a blue blood and who are the blue bloods of um there's there's sort of two different lists that I would argue. There's there's the established blue blood of the program is a blue blood because of what the program has done. And then there's the right now, these are the powerhouses in college basketball and have been around for long enough of a period that if we were talking about right now, you know, wipe out anything more than maybe 20 years old, who are the blue bloods right now kind of resume. And, and in that tier, I would differentiate a little bit that the always has been program, the legacy blue bloods would be UCLA, Kentucky, Duke, and North Carolina. And the right now blue bloods would be Duke, North Carolina, maybe Louisville might make the list, definitely Michigan State, and uh, Villanova. I'm surprised Louisville. Who? Um, uh... Maybe Louisville. I mean, them losing the 2013 title. I was trying to think of somebody else that I would probably include in that list. And so I was kind of like, yeah, maybe Louisville might make it. Syracuse. Oh, definitely not. They've been down lately, but. Really? I mean, they're they're sort of like just next tier down. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. I'd throw Indiana on the legacy blue blood list. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to cite the Hoosiers. My apologies. Please don't fall down to make the clock stop, okay? Um, I, I didn't mean to forget you guys. Uh, I will always be a fan of Bobby Knight throwing chairs. So um, I forgot Indiana, but Syracuse is sort of a – they're always sort of on the fringe, never – always a bridesmaid, never the bride, so to speak, in that regard. Like they're, they're a quality program, but they're never quite elite if that makes sense. Like they're, they're just, they're never quite good enough in terms of consistency to really be at the level of blue blood. Stay away from their assistant coaches wives. <laughs> um, but <laughs> if you happen to notice, there's a certain school just South of Lincoln that did not make my list. Kansas. You two That's people right. are pettier than crap. <laughs> So here's why they didn't make my list. Number one, uh, they didn't make the legacy list because compared to everybody else, their national title count is pretty freaking sad. They have two national titles. Like, come on. You're going to make the blue blood list and come at me with two national titles. And I important distinction, yes, they have one in 52. That was not when winning the NCAA tournament mattered the most. It wasn't really until the 60s or so that you really started to see the NCAA tournament matter more than the NIT. So you can come at me all you want with your three national titles, but frankly, your third national title dating back to 1952 doesn't really do a whole lot for me. You don't count 22 and 23? Uh, no. I mean, that get out of here with that. That's that's the right. Helms Championship. Just, that's not even just, an NCAA I'm tournament. I'm just asking. Yeah, no, 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 no. That, that doesn't I'm just count. I'm just baiting the pettiness in here. <laughs> I, I'm more than happy to just add to the pettiness. I'm more than happy. So, I mean, they go on to win it in 1988. And You're on a podcast. You've got the medium. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Isn't that so, the point of podcasting? 
Exactly. What what else is this podcast but for me to rant about how those cheaters from Lawrence <laughs> don't deserve the the prestigiousness that they get? So you, you know when we're comparing pettiness, I think Kevin's at a level above me. You know, um, is that fair? I mean, uh, <laughs> oh, I uh, I make no secret that I am an incredibly petty person. I'll I'll, I'll get to that later. Um, I I, I, I am the the resident um you know. Gay basketball fan here, so you know the the petty. Uh, I I will own that stereotype. I will own that one. You know what, what I do want to say though is I hope Duke stays where it is. I do. I truly truly do. Because I I don't have the same you know love for North Carolina as I you know as far as the rivalry. So I I mean, and plus you know this is what it is because you know I focus on Nebraska basketball now. And so, and my friends, we don't, we're not getting up and meeting each other for uh, games, you know, because we're, we have kids and we are, well, we have jobs and all that stuff. So um, anyways, Patrick, I think you probably have uh, thoughts or none or some. Or... Give me a second. I just got done with the set of lunges. No problem. I am going to finish my <laughs> rant about why Kansas sucks first. So I, that means I can do another set. <laughs> yeah. This'll so take, we, this will be another 15 minutes. <laughs> it won't be that long, but so uh, uh, let's go back to this. So we, we covered the fact that they only have two national titles, the same as Michigan state. Guess what? The same as Villanova. So two national titles, just not really doing it for me there much guys. Besides that, let's look at this. You have how many conference championships? Great. I'm not even going to bother to count them. Why? Because you play in a garbage basketball conference. Do you know how many teams have a national title during an era where the NCAA tournament actually matters from either no. the Big 8 days or the Big 12 days? No. But one I'm school. Sure tell us. Please tell us. One, one school, Kansas. <laughs> Kansas is the only program to have a national title. How pathetic is that? You're going to pretend like winning the Big 8 and the Big 12 mattered in basketball? Wasn't it in 88-89 Oklahoma and Kansas met in the championship game? 89, yeah. Yep, one of them won, one of them lost. It wasn't Oklahoma. There's, there's competitiveness in that conference. Hey, I could go down the list of all the times that uh, a Big Ten team made the national championship runner-up title. Big deal. They didn't take home the trophy. That's what matters. That's probably because the Big Ten didn't allow them to go. No, no, no. You're thinking of the Rose Bowl. Wrong sport. It, it was a Wrong joke. Sport. It was a joke. I know. It, I know. It, it was. It was. It was a. It was a my jab at the Big Ten. I know. I'm not. I'm not even defending the Big Ten. I'm just attacking the Big Eight, Big Twelve because it's part of the argument for why Kansas is a blue blood. I'm not. I'm not even standing up here and pretending like the Big Ten is a power conference. Like any specific year, I'm just saying the Big Eight, Big Twelve was not in any particular year. So winning it year in and year out for how many years straight, big deal. It wasn't a strong conference in basketball. If you want to argue that, how about we look at Gonzaga? Gonzaga has how many conference uh, uh, regular season championships since 2000 alone? Let's, let's count them really quick, okay? 94, 96, 98, 99, 01, 02, 03, 04, 05, 06, 07, 08, 09, 10, 11, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20. Look at that. How many was that? Who cares? 
Point being, if you want to argue conference championships matter, Gonzaga's a blue blood. You know what? They win pretty much just as tough of a conference as the Big 12, really, if you want to boil down to it. So there, I rest my case. Kansas is not a true blue blood. Villanova, who has two national titles since 2000, is. Michigan State, which has more Final Four appearances than Kansas, blue blood. Kansas, no. Neither a legacy nor a modern. Defense rests. Patrick, have have your say. Well, I'll start back on Nate. And I'm not a Duke fan. And you make a good point about the possibility, the theory, that when Coach K leaves, they will not be able to replace him. And you're going off a little bit of history on why you came to that conclusion. However, to take that and use it to justify that they are not a blue blood is crap. <laughs> Nate, you're a lawyer, right? You, yeah. you graduated from law school, right? I did. You've got to come up with better defenses, man. Oh, no. I, no, I just... Like, like, it's a good point, but it, to take Duke away from blue blood status based off it... Is it, 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 it's a what if, you know? Oh yeah, it's a. I mean, honestly, I mean, I mean, honestly, like you should go hang out with Skip Bayless. No, 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 no. <laughs> you, should, you should. I mean, oh wait, he's a he's a LeBron hater. You can't hang out with Skip. But no, Duke is a blue blood. You know, I go back in terms of the blue bloods. The kind of you guys both bring up some great points in terms of modern history. You know, when does that really start? 40, 50 years ago? Anything before it? Anything after it? You know, and honestly, do you even want to go into the past 20 years? One of the, you know, we're looking through the, the top uh, highest winning uh, schools in the United States, college basketball, earlier today. And one, I think the top 15 or top 10 was St. John's, Big East Conference. Good basketball school. But I don't think they've had a good a good run in at least 20 years. Right guys. You they know? had that one. Then they have with um, that one season where they made the final four or they make the lead eight. Um, but I mean, anyway, it's, it's yeah, far yeah, enough yeah. back. Like, like, where do you take the cutoff? You know? Yeah, and then do you know. throw in the one and done? Do you throw in back, you know, is the cutoff time when the NBA can no longer take high school kids? You know, there's a lot of variables in where you cut it off. And that's a great discussion. I think we should have some time. But, yeah. you know, in the grand scheme of things, I would go back to the true, the modern day blue bloods that have stood the test of time. Kentucky, North Carolina, Duke, and Kansas. At one point, you had UCLA. They've fallen by the wayside. At one point, you had Indiana. They've fallen by the wayside. And that second tier... Is made up with them to a Actually, certain extent. I, yes. Sorry, if I if I could interrupt for one second, I would also add the point that Indiana is a perfect case in point of it's the coach because pretty much almost every single major accomplishment Indiana had, especially of their national championships, um, pretty much all of that came under Bobby Knight. There you go. And honestly, another argument against the Coach K one is North Carolina. Dean Smith, you know, built that program up. They went through, if I remember right, two coaches with subpar records. And then who showed up and took them back to the promised land and kept them where they're at right now, even though the last year was really bad. Who is yeah, it? Roy Williams. Yeah. North Carolina could do it, you know. And I know they're a major state institution. 
huge compared to Duke. However, Duke is a private little school. They can funnel money around a heck of a lot of years than a public institution can. I'm thinking hypothetically, they could find somebody to take the reins. It might take a little time, but they could. So anyway. Okay. Um, do you have anything else, Patrick? Oh, yeah. I got a ways to go, man. I had to, okay. listen, to, you, I had to listen to you jabber on for like 20 freaking minutes about well, well, just God know knows what. I get my turn. I, I got a book I, here that I can start called Home Repair and Improvement. So uh, go ahead. I'll insert some quick simple. Oh, go for quick, it, dude. Some some quick stats. St. John's last made the Sweet 16 in 1999. They last one made a Final Four in 85. Um, so it's been a while. Duke, it's, it's yeah, and Duke it. has a 75% all-time winning percentage in the NCAA tournament. Out of 152 games, they have gone 114 and 38. They rank number one out of all NCAA teams in terms of NCAA tournament win percentage. North Carolina is second. UCLA is third. Can, uh, Kentucky is fourth. Uh, Florida is actually fifth, although they only have oh, 16 total games. We're going to talk about Florida not here soon. Really great. Uh, number <laughs> six, I don't recognize as a blue blood. Number seven is a team that, frankly, doesn't deserve on this list, and I'm wondering if they actually have this accurate of vacating some of the games that they had to vacate. And then finally, number eight is Michigan State at 68.3% all-time out of 101 games. So. But Duke's not a blue blood, so, you know, whatever. So, anyway, <laughs> moving on from, you know, the known blue bloods and the kind of used to be blue bloods is I think we've kind of got a group and a football discussion of this on uh, Big Red Cobcast someday would be great to have over blue bloods and football on, the, on this realm. But there's kind of modern day blue bloods. Like, in other words, they've built themselves up over the past few decades you know, they're not Duke, they're not North Carolina, they're not Kentucky, but I would put in this realm your Arizonas, University of Arizonas. I would put in there UConn, you know. Uh, you know, they're kind of been rough last recently, but, you know, UConn's definitely up there. I would put Florida, you know. I mean, uh, Kevin, you and I discussed, you know, their national championship runs in the aughts last week, if I remember right. Which was a Someday. good conversation, you know, you know, you, but, but, you know, they pulled it off and they've had good teams and they've replaced a good coach with another good, you know, good coach. Decent Someday coach, Teddy Dupay is getting that uh, dump truck of fish in his yard. <laughs> you, you watch out, Teddy Dupay. That's not a real threat. Please don't, please don't seek a restraining order or something. I would throw Villanova definitely in there. And honestly, if they, if Villanova goes another decade or so, I would probably put them in a blue blood status. Like if they, if they keep going the way they've been going, for another decade, they'd probably make blue blood at some point. Um, I would throw Syracuse in there. I would throw Michigan State. Um, I would possibly throw Michigan in there. Uh, one that I call could be, <laughs> one that's that it depends on how things go in the next probably five years. I would possibly consider Oregon. I know that's going to ruffle some feathers, but I think they're going down a path. They're cleaned up enough right now to where. I think they'll be okay, and the way the Pac-12 is made up right now, they should have a good run here for a while, at least keeping themselves in the conversation for the foreseeable future. Um, outside of that, you know, I'm trying to think of anybody else who, who would kind of be in that up-and-coming blue blood status, something that not, I don't think a whole Gonzaga. lot of people talk about. Gonzaga would be another good one. You know, I would say over the last 30 years probably, wouldn't you? 
Yeah. You know, I mean, Kevin, you did a great job running, giving a rundown over their recent history and just kind of history as a whole. But, you know, they're getting up there. Um, oh, Virginia. Could they I mean, no, no, I no, we're not. We're not giving yeah. them that conversation. Uh-huh, I would. You know, well, here's the thing. <laughs> let, let, let's leave Virginia here. If they can sustain. For a while, I would say they probably get in the blue blood status. If not, they're just kind of a one and done special thing. You know what I mean? Like if they if they can sustain it for quite some time, I would probably put them in. You know, let's say sustain over the next seven, eight, nine years. Um, they'd probably hit that Villanova status. You know, where they've built their they've earned their way. You know, they fought their way up. Um, so maybe someday down the road, I could see Virginia. Um, outside of that, you know, but Maryland. Um, One national title, enough said. Um, Maryland should be doing better than they are. I, I, they're a great. They're like Purdue. They're a good basketball program. They're known for basketball, but I wouldn't consider an upper echelon program. Does that make sense? Yep, I'm fine with that. Yeah, no. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like Purdue. Um, they actually have a national title. I'll that give them true. that much. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I agree. But I mean, that's kind of I, where I see they are. I'm trying to think of anybody else. So I, I mean, I mean, I mean, under the criteria that I just gave you guys, are there any other teams you guys would consider? Like, you know, they may not be a, a true blue blood, but they're definitely hitting that stride here right now, like to where they could be if they have sustained success. Is there anybody off the top of your minds? You, you I mean, know, for a while, it looked like Ohio State could have been moving towards that, but then I, I think they kind of fell off a little bit. So. Um, that I keep wanting to say, I keep wanting to say Ohio State, but you're right, you're 100% right. Like, they've they've not sustained it the way that they probably should have. And they probably, and honestly, they probably should be in this conversation to be honest with you, but they're how, not. How about yeah, Wisconsin? Nah, yeah, so the um, before you get to Wisconsin, um, <laughs> Ohio State actually had a lot of success up until around the 60s or so. Thad Mata came in, um, maybe I'm forgetting a 90s run or something. I don't know. I don't have them memorized off the top of my head. It's Ohio State basketball. Who cares? Um, <laughs> so Thad Mata did really well for a while, ran into some health issues. His regime kind of fell by the wayside. Um, wow, I can't think of there. Uh, Chris Holtman um, has done all right. He seems to have the struggle with the middle <sighs> to late part of the season so far. Um, with tanking a little bit, uh, all due respect to him. Um, yeah, the problem with Ohio State is they only have one national title. And that's part of the problem that I have with, say, Gonzaga, is they only have one runner-up in 2017, and they only have one Final Four in 2017. Um, besides that, I mean, only four Elite Eights. It, it's just sort of a, like, it's an almost there, but they can't quite get over the hump. Whereas, say, Villanova, for example, while, yes, it's only under one coach, did manage to get over the hump and get more than one national title. And that's the biggest kind of line for me alone is, does a program even have at least two national titles or more? I think that's where you go from a great program to a arguably elite or uh, in the neighborhood of blue blood program argument. Um, and and I, I think that's the cutoff for me personally is if you only have one uh, national championship and below that you have a lot of um, 
maybe through second weekend success kind of argument in the NCAA tournament, lots of conference titles, and, and that's your resume, you're, you're not quite there yet. And and that's actually one thing that I'll object to with the Oregon argument, is they're, they're a good program that could be great to elite if they can sustain the uh, March Madness runs. Exactly. Because, and yeah. being in the Pac-12 right now, I think helps them. I'm not saying they're in that club yet, but they sh- the way they're going, they they very well could be. True. We could, they, we could yeah. be like we could be talking about them down the road, along with like, like go that you know Virginia. They got their one national title, but that's kind of been it, you know. So if they keep going, keep sustaining, then they would possibly be in that club. Yeah, and and you that's know? just why I give Gonzaga the edge over Oregon, while Oregon yeah, plays that, in no, the upper conference that, as, as down yeah. as the Pac-12 is. They're a yeah. better conference than what. Uh, Gonzaga plays in it, but Gonzaga does go up against national competition early in the season, and they have success in the NCAA tournament more this millennium than Oregon does. No, that's a, that's a fair argument, and I think Nate, didn't you drop Wisconsin? Yeah, yeah, because um, I, you know, again, I think they'd be like a third tier. I don't maybe a fourth I mean, tier. No I don't national, know. no national titles. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like, I mean, they have decent runs. They have decent teams. They they don't know how to shoot baskets. I know um, it's weird. It's like they, I know it's totally weird. But I, I would say, yeah, no. I mean, they're getting up there, but they haven't come anywhere near to breaking the ceiling. Yeah. They're just a real, they're like Purdue. They're a good team. They're like Purdue, Maryland. They're good teams, but that's kind of it. Yeah. Exactly. I'm fine with that. Uh, so that the team I was thinking of earlier was St. Joseph. St. Joseph's. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, Jameer, yeah, Jameer Nelson, and had another guard on that team. They went like twenty-seven to zero. That's that when you were talking about St. John's. That's when I was talking I, about St. John's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's all. Oh, I actually, got. I, I I was wrong. Villanova has three uh, titles: 85, 16, and eighteen. Oh, 85 was the Cinderella run, wasn't it? Yep, sounds sounds right. Um, that not to quite specifically date myself because I don't really want to do that, but it, it, that was slightly before my, my time of uh, being alive. So, uh, I mean, I was like four years old, so I don't remember any of it. <laughs> I was born that year. So there we go. Now here's the question. Where does, where does Nebraska fall in the blue blood conversation? Because I, I think they're, they're just, Baskin- just outside that bubble. Yeah. Basketball, basketball. Um, this is a basketball podcast. We're going to talk about basketball. What bubble? Like, like, is, like, like a soap bubble? What are you talking about? <laughs> I I don't know. They're out. They're outside a bubble. That's, is there that's a uh, is there some that's the exact opposite of blue blood? Because that might be Nebraska. You know, they are more of a blue blood than Kansas. Oh my goodness. You know why? Because they don't cheat to win. <laughs> I know. We wish they oh, would though. It'd be nice if they did. They're an Adidas program, and they don't use Adidas to to cheat. So they they got that going for them. They've got the moral victory, and that's the most important victory of them all, is it not? I remember I remember when that whole Adidas thing went down, what two three years ago, and the first thing on my mind, you know, because it was like all these improper benefits, and the first thing I thought it, you know, like because they mentioned Louisville, they mentioned, and I can't remember who else, and they Arizona. Said yeah, and they said there's a few more schools. And I'm like, I know for a fact Nebraska's not one of them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, L- I'm like, you uh, was part of it. Um, Duke's actually starting to get wrapped up in that controversy, actually. Would you guys uh, consider LSU blue? 
Oh God, no! No, no, no. I mean, no. I should say blue, but like that next realm, at least. No, they're they're the they're not even the like the the perennial good program. They're a once in a while they show up. They're like Michigan in that way. Once in a but, while, like three four years, they're good. Yeah, yeah. Particularly when they cheat. Now of of right Tennessee. now, I'm 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 kidding. I'm making a joke about right now. To be oh, yeah. fair, uh, now, when they had Tennessee Shaq, could be one of those. They were pretty successful. Yeah. Now, now Tennessee could be one of those teams where, like, in five years, we start talking about them. Yeah, Rick Barnes. Yeah, I mean, he stays there. He could do well. Um, you know, I would say Auburn, but let's be honest, it's Bruce Pearl. Something's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> he's done really good, really fast, though. I mean, no, he's great. No, yeah. he's a great coach, but. He has a little sketchy history, and yes, he's yes. at a university with a lot of sketchy history. I agree. You see what no, I mean? Definitely. Yeah. You know, like, like in other words, like if if they were clean, I would say they were in the conversation. But just because of their history alone, eh. <laughs> so yeah. So while I sit sat here listening, you know, I have found a um, a video of astronauts. That's my son. Astronauts falling down on the moon. It's hilarious. <laughs> I shared it on the Slack channel. But uh, Oh, thank you. We'll be sure to take a look at it. Something this. to look at before bed. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of funny to watch, though. So. Anything know, else? You guys know Buzz Aldrin was like crazy, right? Uh, like, he, he, like he's loony. Is he still alive? Is he yeah. the one that the who punched out someone who confronted him about the moon landing not being real? Is that yeah? Is that yeah. yeah, that sounds buzz. right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Let, let's throw in another dig at Ohio real quick. How bad of a state do you have to be to be the leader in the world at producing astronauts? Or at least in the United States, at producing astronauts, they hate Are the they? state so much they have to leave the planet to get away from it. Oh, really? Sweet. Ohio does. I mean, that's a backhanded compliment because yeah, yeah. Oh, totally, all, but, yeah. but let, let's not focus on that part. Let's focus on the fact that they hate Ohio so much. They want to leave the planet to get away from it. That's there what they go. strive to do with their life because of how terrible where they come from is. Yeah. That's the angle I choose to take on that. You know, if anything, this podcast is teaching uh, a lot of Nebraska listeners, you know, what, the whole Michigan Ohio State, our Michigan Michigan State rivalry sounds like state, so. state of Michigan or state of Ohio rivalry. Let's go with it from that angle. For my case, yeah, Dan uh, Toledo. Yeah, uh, yep. Well, I, I mean, it's a so you know what? Let's have a fun history lesson and then let's call it a night. How about that? So, <laughs> um, hello. So, <laughs> I, that that sounds like uh, that sounds like a lady. <laughs> that would be my six-year-old, seven-year-old. He's saying, "I'm not going to go to bed until you get, oh, dead, until you get done." All right. It sounds like a woman. I'm like, "Is your wife harassing you?" <laughs> uh, I'll I'll mute my mic. So go ahead. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll make this quick, and then we'll we'll do our sign off. So, um, fun fact, obviously, uh, for those of you who don't know U.S. history um, to this degree, sorry for those of you who do. Um, obviously, back when the U.S. was a young country and was still divided between slave and free state as new states would enter they would always have to have a slave state enter at the same time to keep the balance within the senate so when michigan was up for statehood 
there was a dispute between Michigan and Ohio over the Toledo Strip, which did include Toledo, Michigan. Um, the fight being that at the time, the argument was the border between Ohio and Michigan was a straight line between the southern tip of Lake Michigan and the southern tip of Lake Erie. Well, on a modern map, if you draw the line, that's not actually a straight east-west line or you know straight latitude line, rather. Um, so there was actually literally a shooting war over it. Nobody died, but there were shots fired between the two sides of a Michigan militia and Ohio militia. Ohio was already a state at the time, so they used President Andrew Jackson to screw Michigan out of the fertile farmland and natural port that is Toledo, which is the only deep water natural port in the Great Lakes region, obviously incredibly important for navigation, trade, and whatnot. They screwed Michigan out of that, but in exchange, the territory of Michigan got the two-thirds of the Upper Peninsula that now compromised the rest of the state. Uh, they were already slated to get the eastern third of the Upper Peninsula. Ubers. And we took Yep, yep, Ubers. Uh And we got that from uh, the Wisconsin Territory, actually. And aesthetically, it looks far better than what it would if that were part of Wisconsin. Uh, and our statehood was delayed. We entered with Arkansas in 1836 instead. But to this day, Michigan and Ohio still hate each other, in part because of our blood feud, even though there wasn't any blood spilled, over the Toledo Strip. And to this day, I do not recognize that border personally. So that's our fun history lesson. We we talk probably about a few too many things at times on this podcast, mostly my fault. Uh, would you guys like to uh, say anything in conclusion? And we'll do our, our standard uh, Craig spiel. Love to you, Patrick. God, I kind of got nothing right now. All right. Not a problem. Well, uh, thanks to everybody listening. Uh, we appreciate your uh, continued um, dedication to the podcast. Uh, be sure to check back next week. Uh, we have a great interview that uh, we'll be dropping for that week. Um, that's all I'll say on that. That's your teaser. Be sure to subscribe to Coordination Radio. You'll get a Bangerangs and Daggers, Five Heart Podcasts, our new short podcast series, uh, Big Red Cobcast, and I John. forget if we... Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. Thank you. Um, John's Post-Life Crisis, a lot of quality content. Uh, please rate us or leave a comment on whatever um, podcast platform you want. Uh, share in the comments on the website. However you feel like doing that, we appreciate it. And, you know, you stay classy, folks. See ya. Uh, I love you. <laughs> I hope people are like, love you too. <laughs> you know, listening in their car. Love you too. <laughs> uh, and that's a wrap. <laughs>